2: Welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans monologue. Nice. (laughs) Before we get started, please take a moment and like, subscribe, rate, and review us on any platform you are listening on, but especially if you are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Good Pods. We love to hear from you. You can follow us on social media at CinephileAttack on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are in a position and you feel so inclined to support our indie podcast, you can make a donation at www.buymeacoffee.com slash WCA. Anything and everything helps. Hi, friends. Hey. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year, bitch. I mean,
2: I think we're pretty much far into it at this point, but you know, it's it's early still when we're right. recording. So happy 2024. A couple weeks ago, we did a, a showdown episode of the best WCA movie quotes of all time. And while we were recording that episode and in my prep for that episode, I realized that a lot of the quotes that I wanted to pull were from monologues. Um, so I had to pivot a lot during that episode and... We just decided to do a full showdown today on movie monologues. So that is our plan. I'm very excited. uh, Mella, what makes a good monologue?
1: A good monologue is something that when you walk out the movie, you're like, God damn, that was a good scene. Funny or heartfelt or gut-wrenching, it stays with you after the movie. Mm
0: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: I think of monologues as like the actor's Oscar moment. Yeah, like that is that is the clip they will show. Yes, hundred percent. Oscars, a hundred percent. Rashawn, are there any writers? As a writer, um, are there any writers that stick out to you that write really good monologues?
3: <laughs> Ooh, no, I'm not saying it because you're gonna beat that drum for it.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have a specific writer in mind, but I do have a couple of actors that I think really, really chew on monologues well. Um, really? He's not on my list, but I think Denzel Washington does great with mm-hmm, monologues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one of the lines that got onto the quotes showdown was training day. That's like a part of a larger monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, he has one, a really good one in flight, Malcolm X. He has a insanely good monologue. He just really, um, he's a wordsmith, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, nice. and
3: then there's a couple on my list as well that I think, uh, ladies, uh, do very well with monologues that are, uh, classically trained and, they, and that serves them well in contemporary work.
4: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think classically trained folk, I think there's monologues are the bread and butter of, of you know, Shakespeare and a lot of the old Russian playwrights. And I think, I think that can only translate positively if you're good at that. You can be good at modern dialogue.
2: I only asked that question because as I was compiling, and not only writers are a huge part of why monologues work, But I asked that question because while compiling my list, all I could think of (laughs) were the monologues from The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Bly Manor, and Mm. Midnight Mass. Uh, Mike Flanagan is notoriously known for his monologues and his waxing poetic, and he's not on my list. I couldn't find any uh, movie monologues that Mm. he wrote that, beat out the monologues I do have on my list but I just want to shout him out because I think his monologue work in his mini-series is stunning. It's House amazing. of Usher
4: monologue went nuts.
2: Nuts. The Lemon monologue?
4: Yeah. Oof, yeah. Those were too much for me.
2: Oh, I love him. I love a Mike Flanagan monologue. <laughs> <laughs> Chew it up, Kate Siegel. Chew it up.
3: And Midnight Massel is like, yes, yes, yes. And Usher and so
2: much Yeah, well, we know how you um, we know how you feel about Usher. Do we? Yes.
4: We do. Burn, fantastic. Uh, Confessions, Confessions, fantastic.
1: Confessions,
4: No skips. Uh, <laughs> those are the
3: same album I mean, you clown. <laughs> Josh. Yeah.
0: My very
2: chaotic husband. Uh-huh. We made an audible call. This morning, while I was prepping for this episode. Um, Joint. Joint (laughs) collusion,
3: as Bria would say.
2: You know, we've been doing our showdowns in a ranking style for the last couple of months, and it's been really fun, and it's been a great new format to try out, but... As I was compiling my list today, I said, you know, I want to get spicy.
1: Oh, um,
2: I want to take it back to the original WCA showdown format. Um, and we are going to fight it out today. Josh, kicking it through. old school.
4: So a little refresher for those listening and speaking that don't remember what we're going to do is first we're going to open up uh, with an untouchable. This list will still end up with the top 20 WCA monologues, just this time in no particular order. We're going to all bring in an untouchable movie monologue that we want on the list, no matter what. You got it. Mm
0: -hmm. Then,
4: for five rounds, we're all going to put forward one at a time. They will go head-to-head, and we will eliminate one of those four monologues. Then at the end, that will leave us uh, five times three. That's 15. And then four with our untouchables. That is 19. So we'll need one more. So we'll take the five previously eliminated monologues and bring one back in to finish out our list of the top 20 movie monologues.
1: God damn.
4: No powers. Ah. No vetoes.
1: Just
3: hands. Now, if I was to do this... Y'all would be screaming to high yeah. heavens. Yeah. yeah, we would, yeah. baby! 2024. Anything
0: up front.
2: And this no, is,
4: payback for, <laughs> this is payback for
2: that. This is payback for all those Ba-ba. times.
0: Ba-ba.
3: <laughs> well, there's one power. And I don't know how you want to reckon with this. What? Hmm, but somebody is indebted to me.
1: Oh, that's fine. Oh.
3: Since the format has changed. Okay. Um, I don't know how you want to reckon with that,
4: but moment it's me, correct?
3: It is you. You vetoed. You used your second veto on one of my choices.
4: Um, you could control my vote at any moment for one for one round.
2: He's like, that's not enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) What was
3: it gonna be? Especially (laughs) now that you're changing the format. (laughs) (laughs) What was it gonna be?
4: (laughs) yeah your choice whenever you want to you can just and in case of any ties full disclosure in case of any ties because it is possible that it could be a tie in this format sam is available and uh, aware and he will be uh, ready to call on speakerphone to break any ties
1: god damn it that only works out for you and
3: Lacey. not
1: true not not never be
3: choosing me in most choices every time he's been a
4: call in he chooses Josh. Taylor might have work off. Do you want me to call
1: him instead? No, your best do. friend.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you at Homer's? Mel, you could call Homer in.
1: Oh, I'm at Pam's.
2: Oh, you could call Pam in. But I couldn't call her in.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Are we Here ready? Here we go. Ooh. Okay. Let's start it off nice, as we love to do, with our un touchable monologues guess mm-hmm. what i didn't do josh the one thing you told me you were like yeah just make sure you do this
0: go
4: to randomizer.org uh-huh
2: yep. <laughs> didn't do that
4: <laughs> here we go sponsor us
2: sponsor us all right starting us off Rashan, hit us What's with that? your un
3: oh Come on. Touchable <laughs>
2: monologue.
3: You go
4: first.
2: Okay. <laughs> I can just reverse the list. It was Rashawn, Mella, Josh, Lacey. Yeah. You
4: reverse, reverse it. Reverse Since it? Since we, we, we flipped reverse. it on them. Okay. We flipped it on them, so we'll go. you and I can go first.
2: Okay. Um, I definitely don't think uh, this would make it if I had to fight for it, because technically it's two people delivering this monologue. Uh, but my untouchable is Sally Hawkins and Richard Jenkins him. from *The See, Shape you're of Water*. It's a
0: hymn now. It's a. Oh, you just hit me, oh, Eliza. Let go of me. I'm looking. I'm looking. You've never you hit me. When he looks at me, the way he looks at me, he doesn't know what I lack. Or how I am incomplete. He sees me for what I am.
2: The way that he makes her feel seen, the way he makes her feel uh, normal, and the way that he makes her feel loved and why it's important to her that they rescue him.
1: It's God, a good Roger one. Jenkins is so good. Dude. God damn it. Like a, a uh, solid one. a solid actor he's you know what i'm gonna say
4: it richard jenkins is a good actor
2: (laughs) hold up we are not ready for hot takes yet josh
1: (laughs) wow we barely begun (laughs) cancel me if you want (laughs) my
4: untouchable i think i could fight for this one but there's been other ones where i've come to the pod with this format and be like This is a shoe win. I don't got to make it my untouchable. And then it just gets shot out of a cannon. And I can't not have a monologue list with this on it. A shorter monologue, for sure. But mine is Russell Crowe in Gladiator. My name is
1: Maximus Decimus Meridius. Commander of the armies of the North. General of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true Emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered
0: wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next.
4: Emotional apex to the movie, Russell Crowe's top two performance of his career. God, I love this movie. I love this moment. It's just fucking, it's just
1: great. It's awesome. There he goes. Love it.
2: There he goes.
1: Mella. is it me so yes i don't think this would win in a battle but mine is from the movie take this waltz written by sarah Polley. it is such a i don't know about sweet movie but it's just like a slice of life movie and as y'all know i love a good slice of life and a good slice of cake bitch um <laughs> and in this monologue michelle williams is asked like why are you so restless what like you know not just right now but in life and she compares she starts talking about how she used to babysit a baby and in this monologue she's talking about how that baby would cry and 9 out of 10 times she could find out why the baby was crying she talks about how as an adult we we just have to overcome that feeling we can't just cry out of nowhere and there's this really good line that says I decide because I'm an adult to not succumb to the momentary melancholy and it's really sad and the way that she delivers it isn't like over acting or showboaty. She's just simply answering a question in this like really poetic way. Um, I mean, it's Michelle Williams. There's, she's fucking phenomenal and everything, but it's something that as an actor that I would see on a page and be like, how the fuck? Am I gonna say this and it sound realistic? And mm-hmm. she does it so well. If you haven't seen that movie, I think it's like on any streaming, and it's very sweet. It's got like an all star cast too, so check it out. We're We're um,
3: the <laughs> little three sixty sex okay.
0: scene.
3: <laughs> Chill. That's hot. Um. This is a choice that I was going to immediately just fight for number one, and I didn't really care. <laughs> wasn't going to win. Uh, but this is probably my IMO, my favorite monologue of all time. Rumor has it that it was improvised. I don't know the validity of that statement. But by one of my Mount Rushmore of actresses, and that is the car clothes burning monologue Delivered by Angela Bassett and waiting to exhale.
0: Mm. Oh, the number of times we made love. I remember when that bastard told me he was down right after 51. I'll show you. Fuck me for not leaving your ass in.
1: But the worst, all the fucking worse, Fucking worse. Making my with only two other black children because you don't want them to be improperly influenced. Well, guess what, John? You're the motherfucking improper influence!
0: Get your shit! Get your shit! And get
3: out! Uh, After finding out that her husband is leaving her for a white woman, she opens his walk-in closet, grabs every single piece of clothing and jewelry and shoes that he owns, stuffs it into his BMW, drives it into the driveway and sets that shit on fire. And during this entire action, she is raging to the heavens because there's nobody listening about how much she has given to this man, uh, what he's taken from her and her children and how it'll never happen again. And the walk away after she's lit the car on fire, holding the cigarette in her hand, is now for the meme gods, the gif, the gif world, <laughs> if you will. But um, it's just a an insanely powerful piece of acting that I think cements Angela Bassett as as one of the best to ever do it, and this monologue is um, it's iconic. So uh, get your shit, get your shit, and get <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's great. That was nice. Mm. That was nice. Okay. Let's get spicy. (laughs) I am randomizing the list again. Fuck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit.
2: (laughs) So, order for round one. Lacey, Josh, Rashawn, Mella. Sick. My submission for round one. Miss Tony Collette from Hereditary.
1: Get that face off your face.
4: <laughs> my submission for round 1 is Bill Pullman in Independence Day.
0: <laughs> for
4: today we celebrate our Independence Day.
1: <laughs> Sorry. That's
4: just an instant
3: veto, but whatever.
1: Oh my god. You don't know?
3: I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> uh, this is the the final monologue. I love seeing... Oh, we're going to talk about it later. This is the final monologue delivered by Al Pacino and The Devil's Advocate.
1: Okay. What? <laughs> wow, Mel sweet. I'm going to go for Ellen Burstyn in Requiem for a Dream.
4: <sighs> is The Devil's Advocate the one... With the chick with the great ass, no, that's he.
3: She's
1: got a great ass. Sorry, <laughs> that's, <he. laughs> that's me, Josh. That's
2: <laughs> all of us. Big booty I, this was not a monologue that like I instantly was like, Oh, this has to be on the list. And then as soon as I like was doing my research, I was like, Oh, this is like number one on my list. Has to be on the greatest monologues of all time.
1: All I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back
0: is that fucking face on your face. So full of disdain and resentment and always so annoyed. Well, now your sister is dead.
1: And I know you miss her and i know it wasn't an accident and i know you're in pain and i wish i could take uh, that away for you just i wish i
3: could
2: out of this you world from the that you in expressing like- her grief her anger her resentment her hurt her her motherly instincts of wanting to protect her son um but she's at the end of a rope um and i i i think a lot of people I think this monologue is really cathartic because I don't know that a lot of people ever actually get to express themselves this <laughs> viciously and this authentically. She, Like Rashawn said, she just chews it up. She chews it up and it is, it's layered. It's, it's like uncomfortable, funny at times and it is terrifying. Um, and I just, I... I'm in awe of her every time I see it.
4: Yeah, with the Bill Pullman monologue, I think it'd be very easy for this to be stupid and comical. Like, it's the president talking to a bunch of jet fighters before they go to fight aliens on July 4th.
0: And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation.
4: Like, Bill Pullman's so good and so sincere, and he hits, he doesn't, he doesn't ignore the cheese factor in it, because it is cheesy, but that can be a good thing if done correctly, and I think Bill Pullman threads that needle fantastically. It ends on the title of the movie. What else do you want? Like, (laughs) I think uh, the music is swelling, the action's about to pop off, you know this is like the intro to the third act, like it's just like perfect... 90s pulp action cheese, but still like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> what do I say about this movie? Um, the devil as a lawyer is an instant elevator pitch. And then you get one of the greatest actors of all time to chew up scenery for two hours as the devil is just mm. by the time you get to the end and there's a couple of reveals and he's standing in front of a fireplace his shirt's untied it's just very 90s cheese but he sells it you get a great actor to sell it and he just he rips into this like look but don't touch touch (laughs) but don't taste (laughs) taste but don't <laughs> swallow. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Okay, you laughs> it, you, you win. All <laughs> so good,
0: man. Away. God, is that it? God, well I tell you, let me give you a little inside information about God. God likes to watch. He's a prankster. Think about it. He gives man instincts. He gives you this extraordinary gift, and then what does he do? I swear, for his own amusement, his own private cosmic gag reel. He sets the rules in opposition.
3: He calls God an absentee landlord. (laughs) He's just garbling up these insanely wild lines. I think Tony Gilroy uh, co-wrote this... The screenplay, which looking back on it is so funny. And, you know, it's it's an insane over-the-top premise and you get a really great actor to ground it and it doesn't matter what's what he's saying, he delivers it with 100% conviction and I think it's just an all-timer. Al Pacino has great monologues throughout his filmography. This one, I think, is so much fun and you can imagine how much fun he had doing it. It's It's great. I love it. It's so good. (laughs) Worship
1: that? Never! (laughs) (laughs) Requiem for a Dream is so fucking bleak, man. Like, that is, like, wow. I regret not putting it on, like, the best endings episode. And not best because it's a great ending, but it is very gut-wrenching. And I think out of You know, the the foursome that they focus on this movie, Ellen Burstyn, is like the one you feel bad for the most because everyone else is kind of um, reaping what they sow, right? Like at the end, they made all these horrible choices and then this is where they end up. But Ellen Burstyn just wants to be better. And she's sitting there, and the camera is like two inches from her. Snot is running down her nose. There's tears in her eyes. And there's a smile on her face.
0: What have I got, Harry? Hmm? Why should I even make the bed or wash the dishes? I do them. But why should I? I'm alone. Your father's gone. You're gone. I got no one to care for. What have I got, Harry? I'm lonely. I'm old. You got friends, Ma? Uh, It's not the same. So really sad
1: me. that the camera operator actually like drops the camera because he had to wipe his tears. Which they ended up leaving in the movie. It is dynamite acting. The script is phenomenal. Yeah, that's my pitch. It's vote time, so- baby. I forgot how tough these you were.
2: Lord, everybody's pitches are so
0: good.
4: <laughs> Look!
0: Don't <laughs> <touch>. <laughs>
3: I'll
2: do the whole thing right now if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm gonna cry. Um, vote in order, I guess.
4: Yep, I think so. Okay,
2: yeah. um, I veto. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Um, oh no i made a mistake let's just go back and rank them
0: you asked (laughs) i know you (laughs) want to spice it up
2: um uh, it's okay but your pitch was so good i know this format
3: never serves me (laughs) well it's
4: okay
2: i think i do it i think i veto independence day
4: I'm gonna attack you with the laser beam. I know. I know. Uh, Leave your hate comments in the replies. I veto Requiem for a dream. Uh, Argue with the wall. Oof. I
3: veto hereditary.
2: (gasps) (gasps) Mela, it's your choice.
4: It could be a four way tie. But uh, don't answer. We have a tiebreaker, so don't like for don't right. let that force your hand.
1: I veto hereditary. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> Holy shit!
0: <laughs> oh no! Uh oh! Oh no! Uh oh!
4: No. Uh-oh. Hit him with an "I am your mother." But not from Hereditary, from that really, really good I SNL am sketch
2: your
4: with Zach Efron. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Oh. When they're filming, you haven't seen that one. No. Holy oh my fucking fuck. god! No. Top ten SNL. Are you kidding episodes. me? It's- I'll send it to you. I'll send it to, okay. send it to you. Maybe I have.
1: Zaki poo. Who? <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh. Oh.
3: <laughs> I I I I think the other three are. But R- it's on the It's R- on the list
1: of vetoes. It could come back, right? Yeah. What and I, I is the
3: like
2: reason?
3: <laughs> Hereditary is just well represented on our on our show, and I
2: So Oh my god. This I, is- I
3: think these other three are well I can vote for myself. And I think the other two are better delivered. Okay.
4: So round two! <laughs> round two ra-
3: I didn't say run she's bad.
4: <laughs> round two, please. Since she bad. Please, round two.
2: <laughs> okay, the order this time around.
1: <laughs> Holy shit.
2: These never serve me. Mella, Rashaan,
1: You were Josh, about to vote for spicy. me.
2: I didn't vote for you, though. <laughs>
1: Maybe
4: you should have gone all out and just done the whole monologue like Rashaan did. Ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's got it nope oh it's me yeah 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 uh, wait what was the order
2: oh sorry you should have been listening go Ooh, ahead your Mo. second Ooh. Rashawn.
3: Ooh. your
4: second Rashawn. <laughs> thank you so
1: <laughs> um okay fuck it i'm gonna go with um sally field and steel magnolias
2: oh
1: uh-oh, uh-oh.
3: Uh, fuck me. (laughs) Lacey, I'm blocking your face because I see you looking at me.
2: I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at my list.
3: Well, it looks like, it feels like you're looking at me. (laughs) I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to go Wait, do that again. You know what this format does? It forces you to (laughs) choose... No, that, I'm not, no, it's fine. Choose what? I'm go-
4: choose what? Your favorite co <laughs> that
3: all four of us have seen.
4: I don't think all I of us have seen Devil's Advocate.
2: Devil's Advocate?
4: A good pitch will take you a long way in this format, I think. I'm about to do all Al Pacino monologues, then.
0: Okay. <laughs> let's fucking go, dude!
3: <laughs> I'm going to choose Michael Stuhlbarg's monologue from Call Me By Your Name. Um, oh,
4: there's one thing I learned about these mo- these competitions, these lists in any format. I just got to do me, you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing me. Um, my round two submission: <laughs> Brad Pitt in Moneyball.
2: <laughs> um, I'm just gonna keep playing with my heart. And I mentioned this monologue during our quote showdown. Um. It was definitely her Oscar clip. And that is Florence Pugh in Little Women. Well, I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman.
1: It's a good one. Sally Field in Still Magnolias. Her daughter has just passed away, Jay robs um, <laughs> I think that she does grief and anger and comedy in the matter of, I think the, the monologue's I like a understand. minute. Barely,
2: no No, no, it's not supposed to happen this way. I'm supposed to go first. I've always been ready to go first
0: I don't think I can take this I don't think I can take this I just want to hit somebody until they feel as bad as I do. I just want to hit something. I want to hit it hard Here Hit this Go ahead, Malin. Slop her. Are you crazy? Hera, are you high, Clary? Clary, have you lost your mind? We'll sell T-shirts saying "I slapped Weezer Boudreau." Hera, is Clary enough?
1: A lot of Lisa, movies will show you a funeral. They'll show you the mother crying, wiping a tear, and then being kind of like stoic, and that's what we get. And I feel like in in this, we fight. We really see like a human reaction to her daughter passing away. I watched it again this morning. And I just have, like, full body chills. Like, Julia Roberts might have been my sister. Like, that's how I was crying, just watching this clip. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she does it so well because she's not totally crying throughout the monologue. It's, you know, we were taught in acting school, it's always the the not crying that, like, makes you cry, right? Um, she's trying to hold it back. But for the first time, you know, she's letting it all go. She's also a part of this friendship where she kind of is the one that has it put together for the most part and her her four friends and her new friend are just standing there like holy shit she's letting it all out for the first time and then they end the monologue with comedy and i think even through grief there is laughter
3: full disclosure this at uh, this choice was like in a category and it was between this and the other parent monologue uh from love simon uh, by jennifer garner and I think both of those monologues do a great job of surprising you with, uh, yes, it's a, it's a movie and it's kind of a fantasy, the perfect fantasy of of coming out to your parent. Um, but this monologue more so specifically is there's a lot left unsaid because it doesn't need to be said. And Michael Stuhlbarg chooses subtlety and... Uh, kind of a laid back approach and just letting his son know how much support and love he has and how close they could have been to being each other at one point in time
0: look you had a beautiful friendship maybe more than a friendship and I envy you my place most parents would hope the whole thing goes away pray their sons land on their feet but I am not such a parent. We rip out so much of ourselves to be cured of things faster that we go bankrupt by the age of 30 and have less to offer each time we start with someone new. But to make yourself feel nothing so as not to feel anything
3: what a waste. Very, very touching but also what you want from a father, from a parent to support you more than anything and to also encourage you to find love and not be afraid to have your heart broken because it's, it's going to happen, especially at Elio's age. Um, and I think Michael Stuhlbarg does a great job.
0: Moneyball,
4: mm-hmm. Moneyball
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Sorkin mentioned, and it's the, you know, all these old farts are just like snapping back and forth about Uh, what makes a good player and it's all this antiquated stuff yada 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 and brad pitt finally has had enough and the the energy in the room like a like a black like a black hole and the black holes brad pitt's mouth it just gets like he just (laughs) grabs all the energy in the room contains it and unleashes it in this like pointed effective monologue
0: we all understand what the problem is. We have to okay, replace- Okay, good. What's the problem? The problem is we have to replace three key players in our nope. lineup. What's the problem? Same as it's ever been. We've got to replace these guys with what we have existed. No, nope. what's the problem, Barry? We need 38 home runs, 120 RBIs, and 47 <sighs> doubles to replace. The problem we're trying to solve is that there are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us.
4: It tickles my jimmies, you know? <laughs>
0: I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good pitch until okay. <laughs> okay.
3: Mention of <laughs> um,
2: I think I could talk about Little Women, especially Greta Gerwig's Little Women, like for an hour and a half long podcast by myself. I think it's so brilliantly done. But what I think it does better than any other adaptation of Little Women is it makes. No. Amy, human.
0: I've always known I would marry Rich.
1: Why should I be ashamed of that? There's nothing to be ashamed of, as long as you love him. Well, I believe we have some power over who we love. It isn't something that just happens to a person. I think the poets might disagree. Well, I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And as a woman, there's no way for me to make my own money. Not enough to earn a living or to support my family. And if I had my own money, which I don't, that money would belong to my husband the moment we got married. And if we had children, they would be his, not mine. They would be his property. So don't sit there and tell me that marriage isn't an economic proposition, because it is. It may not be for you.
2: But it, it just defines for the me. character. It flushes it out from being a caricature of the bratty little sister, and it gives her so much more heart, so much more depth, um, that is due in, in part to Greta Gerwig and her writing, but that is due largely in part to Florence Pugh, um, and her, her delivering of this monologue. The first time I watched it in the theater, I was completely floored. There is a coldness to Florence Pugh as she is delivering this. It, it, it is a, a subtle, angry, unaccepting acceptance that this is her reality. And it reveals how smart Amy is. It reveals how, how much depth she has emotionally and scholarly. And it's the first time she's really sticking up for herself against Lori, who we know she has been in love with. From the beginning of time, it's a character defining moment, and I, I, I just think it's brilliant.
1: Time to vote. God damn it! We're <laughs> all really good.
2: This is a hard one.
1: This is a hard one. I guess I'm gonna veto Moneyball. Mm. Oh, wow. Um. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: Oh, uh, I know. Saying. Just saying. I don't know. No, I I don't want to veto that. I actually really like that. I, I don't want to vote. Wanna... <laughs> you got <it. laughs> you got
0: it.
3: I I I veto little women.
1: She's logged off. Yeah, it's,
4: it's me. It's you, Josh. I veto. come by your name.
1: This is not good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Steel Magnolias was also on my list
1: Fuck yeah
2: Call Me By Your Name was also on my list
4: Just pull the trigger
2: I love you so much I veto Moneyball
4: Like the Oakland A's I will rise again
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> We'll come back to our story Who's <laughs> we? Whew. Lacey's the one that got vetoed <laughs>
3: What do you mean? You got vetoed.
4: I know you said we'll come back. Because
3: I had your back for money ball.
4: Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, I thought you thought Al Pacino got vetoed and I was like, partner, you're in.
3: <laughs> you made it. <laughs> Next
2: round. Woo! Okay. Lacey, Mella, Josh, Rashawn. Ah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's five no, rounds. No, it just
3: leaves me in a a hard voting position and I hate that position.
2: Yeah, five
1: rounds. Okay.
2: Woo! My submission is for me and me alone this round. Uh, Sarah Crew from A Little Princess. All girls Aww. are princesses.
1: Cute. Mine is The Devil Wears Prada, and it's titled Stuff. I didn't know, but I through my research, I found that out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> my submission for round three is... Austin Powers: International Man of Mystery, <laughs> by Doctor Evil. The details of my life are inconsequential.
1: Almost made in my list.
3: Powers. <laughs> oh, oh, oh oh oh. oh. It's the time during the morning show. Okay, my choice is the closing argument. Uh, From Matthew McConaughey in A Time to
4: Kill. Okay. He's in his legal bag. Mm -hmm. I am. Lace? I mean, courtroom dramas make damn good monologues.
2: All girls are princesses. All of us. Even if we wear rags. Even if we... (laughs) Listen. This monologue (laughs) is... Don't tell me you still fancy yourself a
0: princess. Good God, child, look around you. Or
1: better yet, look in the mirror.
0: I am a princess. Oh. All girls are. Even if they live in tiny old attics, even if they dress in rags, even if they aren't pretty or smart or young, they're still princesses. All of us.
2: This monologue is as effective Didn't as your it father is. Ever tell you that? Not just because of how Sarah delivers it, but be- because of how it affects the quintessential antagonist that is Miss Minchin. He ends the monologue with, Didn't your father ever tell you that? Didn't he? And the the soul-crushing, heartbreaking moment that happens behind Miss Minchin's eyes, Eleanor Braun seeing and realizing that no, she was never loved like that. She was never told that. Um, it just, it, it makes Sarah's relationship with her father stronger. It makes the message even stronger and it humanizes this person that we have hated for
1: the entire movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's a good pitch. Um, Devil Wears Prada. Y'all were talking about chewing scen- scenery. Um, and Meryl Streep chews up stuff. And Halfway's a little white ass. Oh. <laughs> um.
0: Okay. I see. You think
1: this has nothing to do with
0: you? You go to your closet, and you select. I don't know that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back, but what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue, it's not turquoise, it's not lapis, it's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002 Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns, and then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't it, who and you know, <laughs> when I first
1: watched this movie, like maybe the first two or three times, I always thought like, fuck, that is so mean. But now I'm like, no, that's what you, you deserve this. And we see that, you know, Andy is in here and she's kind of just taking this job for what it is and is not really serious, is thinking that these people think that, or she thinks that style and fashion is minuscule. And Meryl Streep, Miranda Priestley gets in there and doesn't skip a beat, doesn't take a breath, doesn't raise her voice, and lights her ass up. <laughs> and she takes it from a color to a sweater to simply stuff. I think for, for me, that's like kind of like the changing moment where An- or Andy is like, God damn, not only have I fucked up, so far but i need to get my act together because i'm not gonna make it yeah it's just fuck meryl streep i mean it's meryl streep ray right? like we she we know she's amazing but in that right there she does the damn thing
0: mm-hmm.
2: i just recently rewatched this
1: mm.
4: cinema it's hard to do a funny monologue it really is and a Dr. Evil's monologue and therapy and <laughs> international man of mystery is so fucking funny. Like every other line, there's just a joke. My father was relentlessly evil, self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a pension <laughs> for burglary. Like what? That's so funny, dude. <laughs> like down the line. And the whole thing, like line after line, it's just like bizarrely specific intricately worded just joke after joke after joke and especially when dr evil first hit the scene like we could get a little worn out now but man it was like home run my father would womanize he would drink he
0: would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy the sort of General malaise that only the genius possess and the insane lament. My childhood was typical. Summers
4: And nine, I think just out of the two, virtue of just how hard a funny monologue is, I think this one is a fucking electric, dude. It's so good every time.
3: I would not begrudge you if you did not like A Time to Kill. Um, it boils its racial politics down to one court case. It makes it's one of those movies that thinks you know racism solved by the end of the film. <laughs> um, but I think what it does well, if not exactly subtly, is uses Jake Matthew McConaughey's final monologue to put white people in black people's shoes, which is not the most revelatory thing a film has ever done, but it does it powerfully through a court case. Samuel Jackson has murdered two men that hurt his daughter, and he, the only way, the last ditch effort Jake has to get his client off, is to basically be like, "Look, he's black, you're white. Let I me put tell you a story. in his shoes to show you what the world looks like from and this ask point of you Close your eyes. I'll
0: tell you this story. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to yourselves. Go ahead. Close your eyes, please. This is a story about a little girl walking home from the grocery store one sunny afternoon. I want you to picture this little girl. Suddenly a truck races up. Two
3: men jump out. Um, Like I said, it's not the the most complex movie. But as a rousing final third act moment in movie making, I think it's incredible. A lot of people say Matthew McConaughey wasn't good until Dallas Fire Club. He's been always fucking good.
1: And this (laughs) is proof of that.
3: He delivers this monologue with hurt and pain and also realization of... Himself as a white man in the South during this time, that he has more privilege than he realizes. Um, it's great. It's it's f- the final line of now. I imagine she was white. Completely changes the jury's mind, and Samuel Jackson goes free. Great.
2: Okay. Um. I veto "A Time to Kill."
0: No.
1: I veto "Little Princess." Whatever. I do Uh, really like that movie, though.
4: My vote goes down to the single one in this list that I haven't seen. So sorry, Rashawn. It's a funny how that works sometimes.
3: (laughs) What are the votes for? I don't know. All the other three. <laughs> <laughs> Except Austin Powers. Um. Oh wait, no. It doesn't matter. I can put it to a tie, or
4: or look at me begin being a good sport. You could use my power if you want. Or want your... your power. Yet. Oh, he's gonna save that shit. He, yeah, he got something. He's gonna save that shit till the <laughs> revival round. I bet. It's okay. I'll I'll throw
3: a pity. I'll throw a wild vote to Devil Wears Prada.
4: Is that is that the one or are you just not sold on you not feel strongly in any way? I honestly can't can't choose, yeah. Great. So I'll just let like, a time to kill go. More like a time to die. What? <laughs> 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 the time to so oh, it's so good. The cast alone. The cast is brazy. Yeah, I just I looked it up while you were talking. I mean, I listened to you talk and then looked it up cuz I was paying full attention. No, you didn't. <laughs> I wanted to know who else was in it. I wanted to get a whole image. I wanted a whole tapestry.
3: The who's who of 90s Hollywood is Literally. Like, like actually though.
4: No. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, I hope they die and
3: I hope they burn in hell. That should have been the other monologue. <laughs> Samuel <laughs> Jackson. Okay.
0: <laughs>
2: Woo, we're almost there friends. That was a tough round 3. Round 4. Josh, Rashawn, Mella, Lacy.
4: All right. Four is my lucky number. I got to come out with a big one on this one.
1: Dick swinging.
4: On the table. My round four submission is from Goodwill Hunting. It's Robin Williams' monologue on the park bench.
3: Uh, my sacrifice <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> is
3: uh, Rebecca Hall's monologue from. Uh, 2022 horror film called Resurrection.
1: Don't laugh,
3: Mel. Don't laugh, Mel. <laughs>
1: uh, do
3: you think Do you think you could kill someone?
1: I'm gonna go with the girl in the shadow from Us by Lupita Nyong'o.
2: We have very similar lists. Matt. I know.
1: I know.
4: I thought that was a movie at first. I was like, "Oh, Mel, what?" <laughs>
2: This one's for me, baby. (laughs) Um, I am submitting George Bailey's monologue from It's a Wonderful Life, where he stands up to Mr. Potter about the
1: loans. The money. That ain't grand.
2: Where's the money? (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's not that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so me first. I mean, if we want to talk about Oscar monologues. Robin Williams in Goodwill Will Hunting, the park bench monologue. I'd ask you about art, you'd probably give me the skinny on every art book ever written. Michelangelo, I mean, I could go on. It's long, it's long, long. Robin Williams holds the frame for like a full 10 minutes, just giving this the grounded, real, just sincere to, cuts to his core, cuts to Will's core, cuts to the audience's core of what it's like to be alive and what it's like to love and you can't and how you can't learn that from a book
0: but you've never looked at a woman and been totally vulnerable known someone that could level you with her eyes feeling like god put an angel on earth just for you who could rescue you from the depths of hell and you wouldn't know what it's like to be her angel to have that love for her be there forever through anything, through cancer, and you would know about sleeping, sitting up in a hospital room for two months, holding her hand, because the doctors could see in your eyes that the terms "visiting hours" don't apply to you. You don't know about real loss.
4: This is my only this is my favorite one. Time, time, I think, it does it does it is boosted by the fact that it's Robin Williams. Obviously, that's unavoidable. But man. It's just so good.
3: Uh, Resurrection is a movie about a woman trying to escape her past. Uh, Tim Roth shows back up in her life and um, claims to be someone from her past. And it begins essentially haunting her. Um, one night in her office, she stops her assistant and asks her a simple question, trying to their assistant trying to connect with her, and she just completely vomits out her entire history about this past she has and what happened to her with a man in her life. And it's like an eight-minute monologue, unbroken, just the camera stays on her. And she recounts this story of this man that uh, hurt her, abused her, and that she had to escape. And by the end of the monologue, you don't really know if she's telling the complete truth. But Rebecca Hall is such an insanely good actor that you're completely on her side for the rest of the movie. And you need to be because a lot of insane things happen later on in the movie. Um, but it's one of those grounded moments that horror movies really, really need. Um, you need a good anchor. You need a good actress to kind of ground it all and when i was watching it the first time and realized like it was going on 7 minutes and i was like oh this is just we're just locked into her it's an incredible thing and i i think Rebecca Hall has never really gotten her due and this is another example of her her powers her limitless powers
2: 8
0: minutes
3: i think Insane. it's like 7 or 8 minutes yeah you're just it's one shot she's sitting at a desk mm-hmm. it's it's crazy good
1: us so, this is a scene when we have met the Tethers, right? And we have Red and Adelaide sitting across from each other. Here.
0: This is our summer home. Okay. We just got in today. So. Once upon-
1: Yes, the voice is like really scratchy and kind of hoarse, but it almost seems like she's trying to let something else out. And you hear that crack and then you see a tear just like gently roll down her her cheek. And it's so well done. The camera's just sitting on her going back and forth and getting closer and closer between Red and Adelaide. And it's Yes, while we enjoy that the whole cast in there, cast is in the shot, we don't necessarily need them because she commands the monologue, the story, everything so almost like eerily that it's hard to take your eyes off of her.
2: This scene is probably not a scene you would think of within It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I thought you were laughing at me. I was like, Jesus Christ, Chill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> chill
0: daddy <coughs> Bullshit.
4: he <Neither> does <laughs> <anybody else laughs> say anything against his character because his whole life was why in the 25 years since he and uncle billy started this thing he never once thought of himself isn't that right uncle billy he didn't save enough money to send harry to school let alone me but he did help a few people get out of your slums mr potter and what's wrong with that Brody, here you're all businessmen here do not make them better citizens doesn't make them better customers you, you said that they... What did you say just a minute ago? They, they had to wait and save their money before they even thought of a decent home? Wait? Wait for what? Until their children grow up and leave them? Until they're so old and broken down that they... Do you know how long it takes a working man to save $5,000? Just remember this, Mr. Potter, that this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and, and, and die in a couple of decent and rooms and a bath?
2: Money anyway, and... George Bailey calls him out on it, and the whole monologue is about how can you be this way? How can you? How can you look at the world around you and feel this way? He gives examples of the people within his community. Uh, that while I was watching it this past Christmas season, I was like, "Wow, that's exactly what we're experiencing right now." Um, if I may,
0: <laughs> get him. <'em. laughs>
2: what did you just say a minute ago? They had to wait and save their money before they even thought of a decent home. Wait, wait for what? Until their children grow up and leave them? Until they're so old and broken down that? And then he goes on. Um, that is a rhetoric we are all facing as millennials. Uh, save your money. And was it, it's just very vindicating to hear that shoved back into somebody's face. Um, And it's Jimmy Stewart. I mean, he's just one of the most compelling actors I think that has ever been on the screen. So, that's my pitch.
4: This is a tough round. Mm-hmm. Some good pitches. I was, full disclosure, I was going to vote for Lacey, but then I forgot this is the monologue where Jimbo Stu gets all leftist on us. and. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. <laughs> um, shit. <clears throat> Sorry, Rashawn. vote for her and be leftist. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> that don't change your affiliation. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> you know what? Fine. I'm gonna vote for his wonderful life. Oh, okay. Because look, because I, I know the movie. We watch it very frequently. And I
2: very we watch for, it once a year,
4: <laughs> for, and I forgot about I forgot about it the monologue. Yeah. So I, for, I forgot that it was a monologue in my head. It's a scene. So that's
2: because he's so compelling. You don't even well, realize
4: it. So yeah, it's a wonderful life. Sorry. Uh,
3: I vote for. Ooh, they gonna have a field day. I vote for us.
1: Mmm, they coming for that ass.
2: Not Rashawn voting for the two horror movies that have been brought.
1: Not mine. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Rashawn. Right back at you. Yeah, I know. Uh oh. Sorry, Rashawn. I'm going to
2: vote for yeah, I you. I
1: Great pitch,
4: so. I
0: know.
4: One more round.
2: Woo, I'm sick. I remember why we don't do it this way anymore. <laughs>
4: Sorry, everybody. You chose. I know. (laughs) I know. Like an
3: hour before we started recording. I know. And the format we've been doing
0: is your idea. I know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Final order. Round five. Mella, Josh, Lacey, Rashawn.
4: Don't take this one, Mel. Look at me. What? Don't, we, don't, there's, don't a, there's a ghost of a chance we could have the same last one, so don't take it, okay? Okay. I, I don't, don't have very many left. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think you'll have this one. Okay, go. Mine is um, Monique and Precious. No way. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> i like, I don't think it's on your list, but. Wait, from what movie? Oh, Precious. I don't. It's based, based on the on... Push by Sapphire? By
4: Sapphire. Oh, Mm. precious. Based on the novel Push by Sapphire.
1: Okay. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I I should (laughs) have. Yeah, I thought I would. If you don't type it out in the spreadsheet, (laughs) I just type it out.
4: (laughs) (laughs) My submission for round five is uh, Easy A. Olive's final monologue into the webcam at the end of the movie. So I guess, uh, I guess it starts with, here we are.
2: Cute. Jaws has been properly talked about and acknowledged on our list. So I'm not going to bring it for this final round. I'm going to do oh. something.
4: Come on, just swerve.
2: For me, <laughs> one of the greatest it's like monologues the
1: monologue. of yeah. all
4: time. <laughs>
2: I am going to submit Lacey Chabert's <laughs> We Should Totally Just Kill Caesar whatever, <laughs> from Mean Girls.
1: Perfect. That's good. Okay. That's a good one. So Monique and Prush. this is a... Uh, wait, wait <laughs> is. <this. laughs> oh shit, sorry. There's so, so much we're, pause we're that really I... are going to beat Oh my God.
3: Carmella's like, I don't care that he has to type shit. Hurry <laughs> <not.">
0: <laughs>
3: uh, My final submission is another Oscar-winning monologue in the round. And that is Halle Berry's monologue. Mm. Uh, Make Me Feel Good
4: uh, from Monsters Ball. This is a fun little
3: round.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure is. Come on Ladies Night? Five? Ladies <laughs> Night. <laughs> okay, so Monique and Prush, this is her... Oscar in the movie she is a complete monster right we've seen her do the worst thing a person can do a mother can do and it's not until this monologue that a light is shed on her and we kind we start feeling a little bad for her we start understanding why she's like this the fact that she can't change and that's just who she is it's not necessarily showing that she has redeeming qualities but it's just her completely stripped raw you telling it like I it is
0: abuse your daughter. i did not want him to abuse my daughter i did not but want you him to hurt her to i did not want her. him to
3: do nothing to her i wanted him to make love to me that was my man that was my fucking man that was my man and he wanted my daughter and that's why I hated her, because my man, who was supposed to be loving me, who was supposed to be making love to me, was fucking my baby. And she made him leave. She made him go
4: away. So whose fault was and it then? It's this bitch's fault, because she let my man
0: have her, and she didn't say nothing, she didn't scream, she didn't do nothing. So those things that she told you were did to
1: her who, who, who else was gonna love me you know we we me and rishon go back and forth well you got your degree and you know of a fucking thing and <laughs> it's not supposed to be quotable but it fucking is <laughs> it's memes um and that all aside it is just such a powerful monologue that any actress any actor would be you know, honored to be able to 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 hold and to do and to perform. I don't know if it's necessarily effortlessly effortlessly because yes, it's good, but it's so um, heartbreaking and hard to watch. But you can't take your eyes off of her.
0: Um,
4: the final monologue, Olive's confession, as Rashawn so uh, geniusly put it in Easy A, I think is so. It's such like a it's such like a sigh of relief of a monologue. Cause this whole movie, we're seeing. Olive just kind of getting beaten down and like going through the ringer and, and sacrificing her, her her morals and her social standing and losing friendships and and losing people she trusts. And then at the end, it just wraps up so nicely. You get these little quick cuts of edits of all the people that have she has affected positively in her life and that have affected her. Um, and it's just so cathartic, like she's kind of she she's getting the last word, no matter what, against all these people that have wronged her and showing them that she's better for and that she doesn't care. And it's just so like it's just like a sigh of relief. it's she she won. Olive wins at the end, especially when when old old Badger comes up with the <laughs> breakfast and club. Here you all
2: are waiting outside the bedroom door for me to kiss Todd.
0: listening to me pretend to have sex with Brandon. Paying me to lie for you and calling me
2: every name in the book. Yeah, you know what? It was just like Hester in the Scarlet Letter.
0: Except that's the one thing the movies don't tell you. How shitty it feels to be an outcast. Warranted or not.
4: It's its just nice. It's just a good way to end the movie. You feel good at the end of that monologue and you feel good watching Olive. You kind of get the happy ending she deserves.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We should totally just stab Caesar. (laughs) Um, I think uh, as far as monologues go um, we want them to be compelling. We want to think about them after the fact. I'm pretty sure she does this in one shot if I remember correctly as the camera zooms in on her. This is Gretchen Wiener's moment where she cracks.
1: Why should Caesar get to stomp around like a
2: giant while the rest of us try not to get smushed under his big feet? What's so great about Caesar? Brutus is just as cute as Caesar. Okay, Brutus is just as smart as Caesar. People totally like Brutus just as much as they like Caesar. And when did it become okay for one person to be the boss of everybody, huh? Because that's not what Rome is about. We should totally just stab Caesar! I just think think it's fun. I think it's funny. I think it's expertly done by lacey chabert and i love it that's it that's that's the
0: argument
3: (laughs) um halle berry this clip this scene has been probably parodied or made fun of more than it should be because it leads into a very uncomfortable infamous sex scene between Letitia and billy bob thornton's character it's one thing to play grief. It's one thing to play drunk. It's one thing to play remorse, but she kind of combines all of that. And it's it's not easy to watch and it's not easy to look at, but I think Halle Berry, despite being historically the only black actress to win Best Actress is kind of underrated. I, I think she gets kind of pushed aside for whatever reason, but in this scene, she combines, she plays drunk so well. Um, and you know that they might be eventually coming together, but in this scene, you're just feeling so devastated for he was her.
0: A good kid, you know he was a really good kid. Oh, yeah. He was so good. He was. He really he
2: loved me. He really, he really loved me. I don't understand. He, he was so fat. He's he? one. I don't care what I brought in this house. He just eat it up. I don't care what it was I brought in here. I bring some Popeyes chicken. That boy ate the whole thing before I even get a chance to get him a bite of the chicken. He just eat it he, he would
1: eat his little ass off.
3: Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> doesn't say much you know in the scene. You know, he's just kind of sitting next to her. She's pulling out photos of her her son that just died, and it's. This is a really great display of character and acting, and it kind of, a lot of people contest her win, but I'm like, no, she, she fucking deserved that Oscar, whether it was historic or not. She she earned that shit, and it's just a really great scene, and a really great display of Halle Berry's talents that people don't necessarily always count on.
1: Just so crazy, I don't think I don't that.
2: understand.
4: I, you know what I think it is? I think it's Catwoman. I, this
3: is not mm. fair,
4: but I think the simple fact that Catwoman exists, people are like, "Well, I'm Halle Berry was in Looming. <laughs> For real, Actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She wasn't bad in it. It was no, just not a good no movie, movie. Sucked. meow, you know. All right, vote time. Oh, uh, well, am I wrong? Lacey, back oh, me up. So You're so the only one.
2: Melly, you got to vote first.
1: Fuck.
4: This is like maybe the
1: hardest round. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. Lacey Chabert. Fuck. <laughs>
4: um, I'm gonna go Precious based on the novel Push by, by Sapphire. What the fuck?
1: Is it because I didn't say the whole title?
4: Yeah,
2: it's, <laughs> it's fair. I was also going to vote for Precious.
4: Oh.
1: Fuck.
4: Vote with you. Vote.
0: We got a tiebreaker if we
1: need one. Your chest.
3: No, because my vote is for Easy A.
4: Then your vote's for Easy A. I don't think it's a monologue, but... <laughs> what makes it not a... I mean, your vote's for Easy A, so what makes it not, mono, not a monologue? To me, it's it's there's a reveal that
3: it's more of a narration. Like, she's been doing this hmm. from the start of the movie. And to me, it kind of wraps the entire, like framing device and it's less a monologue than
4: like a raffle. That's valid. Don't have enough votes, but that's valid. <laughs> you don't have the votes. <laughs> yeah.
3: What the precious is crazy. Okay. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it's a great monologue.
2: Alright, so we have a final nineteen. Um so our sixth and final round, we must now decide one of five monologues to rejoin the list. I am your mother, from Hereditary. Rich teams, poor teams, from Moneyball. The closing statement from A Time to Kill. Do you think you could kill someone, Resurrection? And who's gonna love me, from Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire.
1: Who, who, who's gonna love me? <laughs> mm.
4: <laughs> You got degree. No, fuck me.
2: <laughs> I mean,
4: are we no voting for yourself on this, correct?
2: Yes, you cannot vote for yourself.
3: Well, that
1: sucks. Okay. So if we're voting for the one we want.
4: Yeah, this is who to bring back in. Um, any uh, what? Are, what are we? What's the general vibe? How's everyone feeling? Because I think it's more of an open discussion. Miffed, to be honest. <laughs> <Myth>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's wrong, Sean? Speak on it.
4: No it's fine. Urshawn, I will say again, I'm not trying to force your hand or anything, but again in the in the in the, in the spirit of fairness, you are just casting my vote for me, so my vote could still go to you. To one of your movies. Through me. Just take that.
3: I know, but if nobody votes for them, then it's just a waste of a power.
4: Yeah, and you just, or yeah, you could save it for a later episode. That debt yeah, just lingers. Um, I'm sorry, Rashawn. That's fine.
1: That's I did strategize a bit earlier. Oh.
0: Because
1: I oh. want one of these on. The uh oh, hold on.
3: What? You bitch.
1: <laughs> it sure is. What? Yeah, bitch.
2: Hold on. It revealed this strategy. What are you talking
3: Mella about? Carmella strategized. She and knew
4: she t- be able to pick it later. <gasps> and it's tearing it down, Dirty. so I could
1: get mine on. Dirty. Then it could come Dirty. in later.
2: I was like, "What the fuck?" In the first round, Carmella.
1: I it's on my see. list.
2: You hurt me. You
1: cut <laughs> me deep. Yeah,
4: my vote is down to hereditary precious. Hmm
3: um precious or money ball
1: oh shit Please,
2: i was going to vote for precious
3: yeah no, I think.
4: well then put the shit back up well yeah, let's I just get her up there pre- <laughs> i think it's precious isn't well it?
1: goddamn yeah
2: carmella now it's not on there
1: <laughs> i'm sorry i thought i i didn't think that shit would like go off so quick neither
0: so. did i <laughs>
1: <laughs> like TNT <laughs> <laughs> It's just <laughs> gone. Uh,
4: <laughs> you get the plunger in it fucking. Uh Melon again avoids any vetoes. No
2: Vetoes. I did, for yeah. Mel. She this knows how to play episode. the game. Sure do. And we have it. Our top twenty list of the twenty best WCA best mm-hmm. movie monologues. We have The Shape of Water, Gladiator. Take This Waltz, Waiting to Exhale, Independence Day, The Devil's Advocate, Requiem for a Dream, Steel Magnolias, Call Me By Your Name, Little Women, A Little Princess, The Devil Wears Prada, Austin Powers, Goodwill Hunting, Us, It's a Wonderful Life, Easy A, Mean Girls, Monster's Ball, Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire.
1: There we go. Pop, pop, pop. Woo.
2: Hey, sorry, I won't do that again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <My> <laughs> <dang>. <laughs> She's fucking sweating, bitch.
2: Oh, I forgot how awful that is. It's really hard.
1: It's
3: more in your face, Vicious. But Yeah. Than the ranking but
2: i also like it because we all i feel like we all get to like fight a little more and talk about it a little bit more that was fun thanks guys
1: that uh, was fun <laughs> are you sure are you, like,
2: are you fair? sure i'm sorry i feel like you're actually mad at me um me yeah
3: i knew that nobody had seen those movies it's fine he was banking
4: <laughs> he was banking on taking spot 17
3: eight honestly i was like waiting to exhale and then i'll take the bottom five it's fine
2: (laughs) let us know if you have another suggestion for some sort of movie showdown if there was a monologue we missed if there was a monologue you think should be on the list that didn't make our list um or if there's a monologue on our list that you really disagree (laughs) with
4: pop off dude let us know
2: hit us up on at cinephile attack on twitter and instagram and with that that's it for this monologue showdown of when cinephiles attack as always we'd love if you liked subscribed rated and reviewed us on apple podcasts spotify stitcher and iHeartRadio. you can find this and all of our podcasts on good pods all of the other podcast platforms i listed already (laughs) follow us on Twitter and Instagram at cinephileattack and if you have a suggestion for a movie, a showdown a roulette game something (laughs) that you want to hear on the pod email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com from Lacey
4: Mella Josh and Rashawn
2: I was going to try and come up with a monologue but uh, (laughs) I I got nothing look
0: but darling is, <laughs> <laughs> <There it> is. <laughs> Look
2: at you next time. Go week. YouTube
3: that scene please
2: <laughs>